This is 77 WABC Sports. Here's Mike Didino. All right, I am Mike Didino with another interview for WABC Sports. Today we are joined by another figure in the world of combat sports, this time not a fighter, but one of the more iconic names in the sport of boxing for almost 60 years, the CEO and founder of Top Rank Boxing. Here we are joined by Bob Aram. How are you doing today, Bob? Good, I'm good, good. Nice to be on, nice to be in the metropolitan area, enjoying for once, great weather. Obviously, we're here to talk about the Shakir Stevenson and his upcoming bout. Shakir Stevenson returns to his hometown to make his first defense as a super featherweight champion this Friday, September 23rd on ESPN. I know his return is a huge deal for Shakur. You tell me, though, Bob, who pushed for the Prudential Center venue more? Was it you or Shakur? Well, I don't know, I don't know if who pushed more for it. We uh, realized that there would come a point in time in Shakur's career where his fights were significant enough to do them uh, in a building uh, like Prudential. And we uh, loved Prudential for this fight, not only because of Shakur, but because uh, his opponent, Robson Kansikow, is Brazilian, and there is a massive... Brazilian population in Newark. Hey, Bob, Phil Dixon here. You know, this is his return to Newark. He fought as a professional in his hometown once before, a little more than three years ago, when he knocked out Alberto Guevara in what I think is one of the signature finishes of his career. Do you think he's out to put out a special performance again, knowing how much it means for him, fighting in the place he was born and raised? Or do you think this is just another fight for him? No, I think he wants to put on a special performance. And I think he realizes He's in with a very, very cagey, tough fighter, a fighter who lost one questionable decision uh, to Oscar Valdez, otherwise undefeated, and who was a gold medalist when he fought in the Olympics. Yeah, and you mentioned the gold medal and Valdez. Obviously, they fought in the same uh, Olympics, the 2016 Olympics. Kinsekao got gold at lightweight. Shakur nabbed the silver at bantamweight. They both have the similar opponent here, Oscar Valdez. Do you think the loss Kansikau had to Valdez is an indicator, you know, that Shakur Stevenson made pretty easy work of Valdez? Do you think it's an indicator of what's to come on Friday? No, different styles make fights. And this Kansikau's style is a very tricky, good boxer. Oscar Valdez, a tremendous puncher and fights the Mexican style. So the fact that uh, Shakur quite handily beat Valdez, and Kanzikow lost a questionable decision to Valdez. Really is not important because the styles are just different. Another question about Shakur, he's just 25 years old, already with an 18-0 professional record and the best 130-pound boxer in the world. Bob, you've been in this business for a very long time. How ahead of schedule do you think Shakur is right now, and where would you rank him as a prospect among some of the dozens of grades you managed throughout your career? Well, obviously, when we signed Shakur, we realized that his professional prospects were out of sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we knew based on his amateur career that he would be a tremendous professional. Now, you never know when you start a kid out how quick it's going to take, how long you're going to have to 
work with him. But Shakua was such a advanced technician uh, that we moved him along fairly rapidly, uh, and he's now won a couple of world titles. I think Shakur, given his size as he goes on, probably can win world titles up maybe to a welterweight. Yeah, and I love how you mentioned the size because that's what I was going to get to next. Obviously, already Shakur, the Ring Magazine WBC and WBO Super Featherweight Champion of the World. We got guys like Hector Garcia with the WBA belt, Joe Cordina with the IBF belt in the same division. Assuming he gets past Konsekau, do you see Stevenson trying to be like his buddy Devin Haney and unifying the belts or moving on to another division for a new challenge? I think moving on, uh, I think the, the interesting fight will be in the 135-pound division. The two guys who hold the uh, 130-pound belt may be good fighters. I don't know, but nobody really has heard much about it. But at 135, there are a lot of fighters that people know, like Amy, like Garcia, like Tank Davis, uh, and like, of course, the great Vasily Lomachenko. Of course. Yeah, and you mentioned lightweight. I mean, lightweight might be the most stacked division in boxing right now. You know, your guy Devin Haney and George Combasos, they'll be fighting again next month. You mentioned Vasily Lomachenko, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. It is upper division, but Javante's a very big guy, especially for his weight class. How do you see the move up for 135 fairing for him? You think it's a natural move for him? Yeah, definitely. Shakur's a big kid. You know, he started at a light weight, but he was still growing into his body. And the Shakur now, you know, the fact that he's going up in weight is quite understandable, seeing how, how much he's grown physically. Huge guy for his weight class already. You know, I said he had the, the silver medal over at Bantamweight, and he was already huge back then. He, you know, he's obviously outgrowing those weight classes. I think 135, he fares perfect for him. You know, he's going to look so natural at that weight. Devin Haney, a good friend of Shakur, and both have flirted in the past of an idea of eventually meeting each other in the squared circle. Both have big fights coming up, but looking forward, do you think it's possible at some time down the road they'll meet up and fight? Yeah, okay. I mean... We promote both of them now, and they just have to give me the signal that they're ready and we'll put the fight on. Uh, So, yeah, I think in the next year or two years, well, next year to a year and a half, they'll be fighting each other, definitely. Excellent. And, Bob, I want to look back at your illustrious career here. You know, you've put together some of the greatest boxing matches the the sport has ever seen. You have... You know, over your track record, you have guys like the fabulous four rivals between Hagler, Hearns, Leonard, Duran, George Foreman, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, the Fury Wilder trilogy, the Ali fights, De La Hoya, Pacquiao, the fight of the century between Manny and Floyd, et cetera, et cetera. I'm running out of breath here. There's so many. If you had to pick one yeah, well, fight, which you would, you would say you were most proud of putting together in your career as a promoter, what would it be? Based on the result in the ring? <laughs> either, yeah, either. The, the, well, yeah, the, the fight is so memorable to me is the great fight between Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns. Yeah, the, I mean, that's that's one of the all-time greats. Everyone, you know, round three is probably the best round in boxing history. 
Yeah. Everyone's well, the, the first two rounds were pretty good. Also. Yeah. <laughs> for three rounds, nonstop action. I, I think that's probably my pick for the best fight of all time, honestly. As a purist, it's it's just pure boxing, pure fighting at its most natural core. So that's definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you want a longer fight, the fight that stands out to me is the third fight between Ali and uh, Joe Fraser. Oh, absolutely. That was uh, yeah, such his... an intense heavyweight battle. And yeah, the, the trilogy for probably the best rivalry in, in the history of the sport. I mean, you can't be ashamed of that. That's right in the history books. You can't write the book of boxing without talking about that fight. So, I mean, both great picks here. That is correct. Bob, Mike Didino here again. I'm Lynn Phil. He's my boxing guy. I conduct most of the interview. But I do have a quick question. Is there one fight that has ever gotten away from you, maybe one off the top of your head that you still regret to this day never finalizing? Oh, I'm sure there were many that we that I didn't finalize. You know, look at the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. I mean, it, it was finalized after its sell date, and while it did tremendously at the box office, it wasn't the two guys in their prime. Uh, so I regret that, and uh, uh, I'm sure there are other fights that we tried to make uh, that for one reason or another didn't come to pass, but there are way more hits and there were misses. Oh, yeah, no one could deny that. I mean, I listed a, a few of the dozens upon dozens. I mean, there's thousands of fights you put together throughout your career. Uh, of course, there's going to be some that get away. There are a few fights on the horizon with some of your guys I want to talk about here. We were just informed of the heavyweight super fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Fury, obviously, coming out of retirement, his short-lived retirement, I should say, to take up a fight that's been, you know, five-plus years in the making. How did that come about? Did Tyson come to you and tell you he wants Joshua, or was there another option that didn't come through? Tyson doesn't come to us, to myself or Frank Warren, his co-promoter, for anything. He just announces that he, that's the guy he wants to fight and, and leaves it to us to put it together. So we're trying to put it together, but, you know, I just got off the phone with Frank Warren from Queensbury, who is uh, our co-promoter on Tyson, and, and we said that we don't think that Eddie Hearn and Joshua really want that fight. <laughs> we think they're playing around because... I mean, Joshua just came out. He's come off two losses to Alexander Usyk. And, you know, most people feel that when he gets in with Tyson Fury, it'll be three losses in a row. I'm a little skeptical about whether that fight happens. Yeah, and uh, you talk... Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a fight that's been talked about for five-plus years. You mentioned the Pacquiao-Mayweather, how it took a little longer than you expected, and you wish it happened before. Do you have the same feeling with Fury-Joshua? Because, you know, ever since, the, when back when they were supposed to make the fight, the, in England, everyone was talking about it was going to be the biggest heavyweight boxing match of the last two decades. And now, you know, Joshua has three losses since then. He lost to, to Andy Ruiz, and like you mentioned, the two losses to Usyk. Do you feel like this fight has lost a little bit of its magic, or it's still as primed out as it could have been? I think the Brits would still provide major support for that fight. You know, the fans in Britain are much more intense than those in the United States. Look, we just finished the fight for Fury, which uh, was the fight he took after he knocked out Wilder. 
and that was against Dylan White. And that fight did 95,000 people oh, yeah. in Wembley Stadium in London. And uh, tremendous numbers on pay-per-view. So, you know, I think that if Fury and Joshua came forward, it would do massive business in the UK. Now, that being said, because of the difference in time, it will do okay here in the United States. But the U.S. becomes an ancillary market for that fight. The business is in the U.K., both at the gate and at the pay-per-view. Yeah, of course. I mean, Wembley sells out. I mean, that, that stadium could hold 90,000 people, and those Brits 95, love their boxing. Yeah, 95,000. I'm short selling them here. And the Brits love their boxing. I mean, historically, it's just a great nation for boxing, you know, athletes coming out of there. Yeah, I think as far as selling go, I think it's that's sure to sell out. I mean, the two biggest names in British boxing over the last decade, probably more than that, probably since Lennox Lewis, and for sure. But, yeah, the pay-per-view numbers is what concerns you about that, right? No, the pay-per-view numbers will be terrific. I mean, because the English are very smart. The uh, the gate receipts will probably uh, exceed $20, 25000000 million. Uh, wow. dollars. And the pay-per-view will likely be around a million and a half in the U.K. And that's because one of the reasons is that in the U.K., they keep the prices around $25 for the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, that's a great Unlike the idiotic pricing here uh, <laughs> of 85 or $90, which just seems no, yeah. uh, really out of sight and has really hurt the pay-per-view business uh, in the United States. Oh, yeah. I, trust me, I know firsthand being a boxing fan is extremely expensive at times. Right. Circling back to Shakur here, if you had to predict a way he would finish this fight, you know you said Kinsekao is a very tricky fighter. It's probably going to be a little bit of feeling out for Shakur. It's not going to be as easy for him in the early rounds maybe. Uh, how do you see this fight panning out for him? It's going to be a decision. You get a decision, and, you know, and I think Shakur is a better boxer than Kansakao, who's a marvelous boxer. So I look for a very close competitive fight. All right, Bob, Mike Didino here. Last question for you, and then I'm going to let you go. You're 91 years old. Are there thoughts of eventually retiring soon? What the hell am I going to do if I retire? <laughs> Play some golf, no? <laughs> No, it's more fun to go to fights. The truth, that's the truth. I mean, if if it wasn't for the kid, like today in the press conference, we had a lot of the our undercard fighters, a lot of our future champions like Keyshawn Davis and uh, Shushu Carrington and uh, uh, Tucker. Uh, I mean, we we have a, a group of fighters about at least 30 young kids that uh, we're pushing, and many of them will be the champions of the future. Now, with that type of uh, operation, with all my staff at top rank, why would I retire? I mean, it's great to see kids that you start in their professional career, uh, like Shakur, and like his opponent, 
Robeson uh, fancy cow uh, rise to the top and fight uh, in very significant fights. Now, that doesn't come easy, but it's also a hell of a lot better than playing golf. (laughs) Bob, love the passion. Appreciate your work. We appreciate you coming on the show with us today. Thank you very much. Good luck on Friday. And thank you for joining us. It's much appreciated. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, Bob. Thank you and good luck.